We're Climb Marketing, and you're listening to the Crux Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Crux, the monthly podcast where we navigate through digital marketing strategies, challenges, and success stories. I'm David Olteen, and joining me today are our digital advertising experts, Robbie Bolog and Riley Duncan. Hola, David. Hey, David. Good to be here. So on a previous episode, we had a conversation with our SEO team about how we start diagnosing a website search strategy and some of the most glaring opportunities and issues we come across from an SEO perspective. We wanted to have a similar conversation today about paid search platforms and give our advertising team an episode to talk about some of the biggest concerns or some of the quick wins they come across when they dive into an existing Google Ads account. So Robbie and Riley, when you take on a new client for search engine advertising that has an existing account, how do you start audit- auditing that account in those paid search campaigns? And what are some of the settings or features that you really drill down into right off of the bat? All right. This is quite a juicy topic, so I'm excited to jump in. I suspect um, Riley and I may have slightly different approaches to this, but I think our list of kind of main things we focus on when we first crack open an account might be the same. So hopefully this leads to a good conversation, but I'll start. Um, when I first crack open a new account, whether it's a potential uh, you know, lead for us or a client that we might work with in the future, or if it's a, a current client that just has given us access to their ad account, um, one of the first things I look for is like the campaign settings and the overall account settings, because um, this is really like what controls how uh, your ads show up and where they show and all those different um, settings are vitally important, right, for the way the ad account works. But the most important thing is uh, having accurate conversion tracking set up. So if somebody submits a contact form on your site, or if they call you via the phone number on your site, like is that being recorded correctly and being reported back to Google Ads? Because that's the only way to know if the traffic we're driving via ads is actually doing anything useful or becoming, you know, potentially good sales leads on your website. So having that tracking configured correctly is obviously super important. Um, I've seen a lot of problems with this over the years. Uh, One particular instance comes to mind where we logged in for the first time to their Google Ads account um, for a pretty large B2B client. Um, I will not name the client here, but you know, essentially they had over a thousand conversions registered in the prior month from their Google Ads account, which is an immediate red flag for anything B2B related. If you're an e-commerce client um, selling like products or widgets on your site, like, okay, I can maybe see a thousand conversions. Uh, that's great. That, that would mean your business is doing really well. But for B2B where we know the sales cycles are super long, um, contracts are generally very, very large, the products and services are not just something that you would decide to purchase like on a whim to see a thousand conversions like an immediate red flag. So as I dug into that a little further, it turned out that what they were measuring as a conversion was a visit to the homepage on their website. Um, Still not clear if they knew about this. Obviously they didn't, or they probably would have fixed it, but um, that's just one example of, you know, having proper tracking can totally affect how you assume your ads are performing. Like, from Google's perspective, everything's going great. They're driving thousands of conversions for this client. But if you've opted into any of the like Google automations with automated bidding, that's supposed to get you more conversions, um, anything like that, that's using an algorithm. If you don't have the inputs, like the conversions set up correctly on the front end, then Google's going to optimize for the completely wrong thing. Um, so that's just one 
pretty obvious example that sticks out in my mind. Um, conversion tracking is obviously super important to set up on the front end, but I think it's really important to check this from time to time because it can uh, break, right? If changes are made to your website, if your form is updated at some point, um, that can all cause problems with the way you have conversion tracking configured. So I think it's super important to just do like a regular check and make sure what you're counting is actually correct. But Riley, I'll pass it over to you. That, that's a great point, and and that hurts me to even hear that example of you know that kind of data that um, you know you just can't rely on. And so I think when we jump into these paid search accounts, um, at least for me, I really like to to try and get a baseline of the performance. Um, and so conversion tracking is going to be uh, you know one of the first things I check to know that if that conversion column and that cost per conversion column are gonna be something that we can actually rely on and have an understanding of, of you know, which keywords are performing well, which keywords are f- performing poorly. Because if you don't have conversion tracking up, uh, none of that data in there actually means anything. Um, and, and so that's tough um, because you can't even really make any immediate changes um, based on what's doing well and what's doing bad. Um, you kind of have to start over um, and get some new data uh, before you start to make those mistakes or make those changes. So I think conversion tracking um, is definitely super important. You touched on a couple other things about account settings. I think that's super important as well. We want to get in there and make sure that their ads are showing in locations where they actually want to be showing. Um, you know, for a lot of clients, that might be like US and Canada or something like that. But if we were to jump in there and see they're showing ads worldwide and 75% of their clicks came from some market that they're not even in, oh, you know, that. The, just so many opportunities where you have one button clicked or something that may have been enabled by default um, that can really throw off that whole entire performance of the account. So that's what I get in there and look at is, are their ads actually showing based on all the settings they have to the people that they want them to actually be showing to? And then, you know, moving on from that point, um, I think after we kind of get that idea of, okay, you know, ads look good, you know, settings make sense. Uh, we'll take a look at what that account actually looks like. So how did they decide to organize the campaigns and keywords? Um, what ad groups do they have set up? Um, how many keywords per ad group do they have? Um, things like that to try and get an understanding of, you know, which ads are showing when, when users are searching different keywords. Uh, and so um, this can be something that, um, you know, sometimes we see done well and other times we see, you know, opportunities to improve. Um, I do recall one example where, you know, you know, if a company uses broad match or their keywords are, are too broad, um, I've seen people show up for, for keywords like, uh, you know, people would search in, um, they're probably in like biology class and they're searching scientific bonds or um, ionic bonds. But because this company, um, you know, had bond as one of their keywords, um, they were showing up for that. They, they might've even been showing up for like James Bond. So you have to be really strategic about the way that you, you know, use these keywords. You can't just go into Google and take their recommendation of, oh, Bond has 100,000 searches a month. Let's add that as a keyword. So um, actually looking at, do these keywords line up with what this business does? Going into that search terms report and seeing, okay, this was your keyword, but what's your actual search term? What are people actually searching? when they see that ad um, is kind of the next place I'd jump into. Cause you know, it, 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 when you see those mistakes, then uh, it makes it really tough uh, just for that account to, to have been performing well and you kind of know, okay, we might need to kind of start over here. Well, and how many accounts have you seen Riley that don't have any negative keywords added? 
right? And that's like a basic element of optimizing an account. Like you said, jumping into the search terms report to see what your uh, keywords are actually matching with and surfacing those examples like you just mentioned. Um, then how do you, what do you do with that? Well, you have to add negative keywords to prevent that from happening in the future. Um, and I've seen some crazy ways of managing this. Like I would definitely not recommend adding uh, exact match negative keywords in most cases where you're trying to exclude a very specific long tail search, right? Like instead figure out what element of that search query is not relevant. Like the root part of that search, that's, uh, just not a match for your business. And then add that as a broad match negative. That way it sort of like casts a much wider net on potential other variations of that search in the future. If you, if you add the exact search query, um, which is easy to do because you can go through the search terms and just hit select all, um, you know, if they're all irrelevant, Google will add those all as exact match negatives. Well, that's like an endless process. Like you're never going to get to the, the, on the other side of that. Right. But if you add it in a broad match form, um, then you've basically excluded like an entire topic or an entire theme. Um, so some common things that I'll often do is like free or jobs or hiring. If it's a client that is not interested in promoting any sort of career development or anything like that, like those are common overlaps with a lot of our clients that, um, I'll just add as a broad match negative and then no search that includes the word job or free or, uh, hiring will, will actually be triggered by our ads. Yeah, that's a great tip, Robbie. Um, and I'd actually recommend to people, um, you know, if you're curious about what doing account organization correctly looks like, um, you can refer back to uh, episode three of our podcast, uh, where Robbie and I really get into the details about what a campaign should be, what an ad group should be, how you should organize these keywords. Because um, I know today we're kind of talking about some of these things that we come across. Um, and for me, I, I don't even necessarily, you know, want to, you know, put any blame towards any people who are trying to do Google ads themselves or something like that, because this is not an easy process. But where I do get so frustrated is when um, either another agency or a Google ads account rep has come in, and made these recommendations, um, either not taking into account what the business is actually trying to do or, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes it, it feels like these these reps or these um, managers aren't maybe aren't even that knowledgeable about what the right settings are. But those settings are recommended by Google this quarter. And so they try to push that. And when we see these bad performance and so that's the stuff that really drives me crazy is when we see some of these account um, organizations, some of these keywords that you know, people are spending a bunch of money on because that's been the recommendation that they've got, but it's actually one that's not doing anything for their business. So, um, you know, I'd be very wary of some of those recommendations and just, um, you know, try to verify as much as you can that the traffic that you're getting is high quality. Yeah, those are great points. I mean, there are a lot of now automated recommendations and automated strategies within a Google ads account that Google's pushing really hard. Um, they're really upfront now about putting these recommendations in front of you. You know, anytime you log into Google ads, you'll probably get a red notification on the top, right. Telling you, you need to turn this on or try this new feature out. And, um, I mean, I get it. Like Google's trying to push their new features and products, but you have to really take everything with a grain of salt because Google's in the, in the business of making money based on you spending money on ads. Right. And that's, that's great if it's working for you, but, um, you need to like, 
come up with a strategy to test these different things before you just opt into everything Google re recommends. Um, that for me includes things like automated ad extensions, which is Google scraping the content from your website and just trying to write ads for you automatically. Um, that you lose like the editorial control over what your ads actually say and how your business is positioned in front of your target audience, right? So I almost always avoid like the automated ad extension feature, um, flexible reach targeting. Uh, I already mentioned automated bid strategies. Like all these things are great if the in inputs that go into those algorithms are are accurate and in line with what you're trying to do. But um, again, you just really have to take it with a grain of salt. And then there's the other topic that I'd like to pass off to you, Riley, which is like this newer idea of Google smart campaigns. Um, just tell me a little bit about that and your experiences with smart campaigns. Yeah, so just for some context, a smart campaign is going to be when um, you give Google very limited information, but you say you want to start up an ads campaign. So you might give them your website URL and allow them to kind of crawl through the pages, see what keywords they notice. They, they can try to um, come up in an, of an idea of what keywords might be a fit for you. They might ask you to put in a few topics. Um, so something like, um, you know, if you're a lawn care company, um, you know, they might have something about like landscaping or something like that. Just these broad topics, not, not as detailed as, um, you know, what the services you actually provide, but at least kind of try and get a feel for what industry you're in. And then from there, they'll decide, okay, a search happened. Let's show your ad for that, uh, particular search. Um, the issue here is that because Google can't have this understanding of your business. All they can do is kind of go in and see what's on the website or, or what you've put in. Um, they're really going to match you with these broad searches. And to me, the primary benefit of advertising on Google and what makes it so powerful um, is that you can really bid on specific searches. So when someone's looking for exactly the service that your company provides, you show up with an ad that says, you're looking for this, this is the service we provide. Uh, you know, we're in your location. Um, and so come check out our landing page and, and you try and convince someone to become a lead. But in these broader searches, you know, someone might be searching for, um, you know, going back to the landscaping example, they might be typing that in for the first time, um, looking to do something by themselves, not even looking for, um, you know, a service. And you'd be showing up and potentially all of your budget could be going towards um, you know, those type of searches. So to me, um, those smart campaigns are easy to set up. Um, but there's a reason they're easy to set up, right? So it's kind of Google's way of, you know, getting to these people who might not be working with an agency might not have much Google ads experience. Uh, but the downside uh, is pretty massive in that you don't get the power of the platform of having those particular keywords inform where your ads are showing up. Yeah, I had actually set up a campaign for a friend recently, and I think by default now for a new Google Ads user, it pulls you into that that smart campaign. But to your point, Riley, it's it's more of like a simple simple campaign than than a smart campaign because it really doesn't allow you that flexibility uh, to have more granular keyword targets and it's kind of just bare bones information. And Google does its best to guess what you want, but that's not always a great thing. Right. It, it's it's one of the many frustrations with with Google and Google Ads itself is you know you put in your daily budget and they're concerned with spending that daily budget. It feels like lots of times, um, in a way that they hope is relevant, but they don't necessarily always care whether it is or not. 
Um, whereas for us, you know, if, if I was in a situation as a business owner or a marketing person out as a business, I'd much rather, you know, not quite spend my full budget that particular day, but hit the searches that I want. Um, and so that's a little bit where I think there's this kind of this conflict of interest. Uh, and Google is doing lots of things, um, as kind of we talked about with some of this automation, with some of these smart campaigns, um, with some of these recommendations where they will actually give your account um, a little bit of a quality boost if you do follow their recommendations um, to encourage people to spend that money um, rather than to really encourage people to have really well-targeted campaigns that achieve the objective, which I think is really what Google should spend more time getting getting across because if you do have those accounts that are actually working then you're going to be more likely to actually spend money with google if you have these accounts uh yeah google gets the money for a few months but people are going to turn it off because you can see that it's not working so uh another one of my frustrations there as well right unless you're checking conversions to your homepage and you're you're clocking a thousand a month then then you might <laughs> yes you might. Hope, ho- hopefully you're at least noticing how many forms come through but yeah absolutely you might increase your spend if that's the case but there's another black hole i wanted to talk about in google ads and i feel like we're just beating up on google ads but to, to riley's point like it is an incredibly powerful ad platform it's probably it's i mean it continues to be the most powerful in terms of being able to track um, who you're getting in front of and and what they're doing once they get to your site. So, I mean, that's the reason we're talking about it is because it it does, it definitely does work, but there's, there's some definite pitfalls too, if you're not watching it closely. But um, the other thing I wanted to just touch on was search partners network, which I believe is enabled by default. Anytime you start up a new campaign, Um, Google search partners is basically uh, this huge network of other search engines and, kind of third tier websites that are under the purview of Google in terms of allowing your ads or any ad on Google to show up also in those on those websites. Um, but you get a lot less control um, over obviously like what the website is. It's not an ad on google.com anymore. It's your ad showing up on whatever other search engine or whatever their website is opted into search partners. The problem is Google doesn't tell us what's in the search partner network. So it kind of becomes this like, again, a black hole in my opinion. Uh, you just don't know what the quality of the website is um, and what specifically that person is looking for when your ad matches with it. And I've seen a lot of really poorly performing campaigns because just because they had search partners enabled. I had one client a few years ago uh, that was that had spent over a million dollars on advertising um, over the you know prior five years or whatever it was a lot of money and about 80% of that went towards advertising on search partners and it just had terrible performance. Um, if they had just unchecked that box and only shown ads on google.com, I can almost guarantee that the quality of the traffic would have been much better and they would have had a lot more visibility into, um, what, what was happening, right? Like what the search was and, and, uh, what was happening once they got to the website, which unfortunately you, you lose when you use search partners. Riley, have you run into that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is one that it, it can depend, right? Like for some clients, uh, it's search partners has been enabled, but they were only spending 10 or $20. It's a nice optimization to make, but it, you know, it's not necessarily um, a game changer. And then for other clients, like you mentioned, it's like, whoa, they've spent more than half their budget on search partners. And this is something that is eating away at their account. So I think, again, it's kind of one of those cases where 
my recommendation would probably be to everyone, um, you know, start off with search partners network disabled. Um, but it, it can differ if, if you have had that enabled, it may be, you know, hurting your account a little bit and it might not be that big of a deal. So I think that's one there can depend, but certainly it's one of those cases where occasionally we'll, we'll come across an account where um, that's that's really hurting the performance. I, th- I think that's another area where, where conversions really tie in and the importance of having conversions tracked, though, because I think sometimes you see the search partner network displayed or just display networks activated and you see so much crummy traffic coming through. It's like the floodgates are open. So I think some people, if they're just looking strictly from like a traffic perspective, it might look like it's valuable, but... And if, if you have legitimate conversions tracked, you'll probably see how meaningless, like, you know, the vast majority of that traffic is, right? Right. It's it's a it's a it's an interesting thing because you'll see, you know, clicks increase. You'll see great cost per click. Uh, but those aren't always good things because it can mean that the quality is actually much lower. So if you do have those conversions, you can actually start to make that uh, more one-to-one comparison of, yes, this campaign might have more clicks. Yes, the cost per click might be cheap because it's display or, or search partner traffic, uh, but it's not really driving any of the business objectives that we actually want to accomplish. Right. When, when your average session duration is one second, you know that something might be a little, a little off, right? Yeah, that would be a bit of a red flag. <laughs> right. So in summary, I think that just I'm getting here is that by default, a lot of Google Ads accounts have settings enabled that may not be in your best interest and maybe more to kind of increase ad spend on, on Google's behalf. Um, but could you guys kind of give us your summary again of, of what settings are you really diving into right off the bat and what are some of those major concerns right off the bat that you have? Uh, so yeah, just to kind of recap, I mean, again, I would probably crack open the campaign settings first, look at the location targeting, like Riley mentioned, uh, look at your conversion tracking settings, um, make sure search partners isn't enabled, uh, all those things and like any of the Google automations, like automated ad extensions, automated bid strategies for any new account, you need, you need more data, uh, in order to test those things out. You can't, uh, depend on an automated strategy from Google from the get go. I would recommend, you know, get three or four months down the line, make sure the, the keywords and the searches you're getting in front of are actually relevant to your business and then start testing some of those automations that are meant to save you time. Um, but you really need to have the account focused on the front end first before you go after those. So on the settings standpoint, that's where I would start. Um, and then you get into things like Riley was talking about with the account organization, um, making sure you've got the right keywords in each ad group and you've got things named accordingly. So you can like, you don't want campaign one, campaign two, ad group one, ad group two, <laughs> like name things so that you can easily glance at your campaigns and see, uh, what's working and what's not same for the ad groups. Um, so yeah, I think settings, account organization, um, and just taking everything Google recommends with a grain of salt would be my my top three. <laughs> what about you, Riley? Yeah, Robbie, I, I would agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, you think about it, I've probably been in Google Ads every workday for the last four or five years. And for you, it's probably, you know, even longer. So it's this super powerful platform, but it really does have this pretty big learning curve and there's so many little settings, little things to you know check um, that can make a huge difference. Where if you have your locations you know set up incorrectly, if your conversion tracking isn't quite right, if you've got some of these automations, um, it can make a big difference. So I think for us, 
we like to make sure that um, you know the campaigns are showing in the places that you know customers actually want them to show. And so I would encourage people to to try and kind of do their own audits of their own accounts, maybe on a monthly or quarterly basis, and try and you know check some of these different um, buckets and, and kind of just poke around in Google Ads, look at some different reports, the location report. Um, search terms report is something you should be looking at really weekly um, and just make sure that your um, campaigns are doing what you do intend them to do. And, and like you said, um, just because a Google rep signs off that, yeah, your account seems to be, you know, following our recommendations, that, that's not good enough, right? You need to take it another step um, and make sure um, to kind of do your own audit to check for some of these things we've covered right, today. Like, here's my, my main thing I will say about a Google rep in closing consider how much time you've actually spent on the phone uh, or consider how much time the Google rep has spent listening to you about your business and what your priorities are. It's <laughs> zero. <laughs> like they enter those conversations with their own agenda, their own settings that they want you to enable. They haven't spent any time understanding the history of your business, what makes you unique. Um, they've got a checklist of a thousand clients they have to get through in a month to push all these different recommendations. They're not there to, really understand who you are and what you do. So that's my, that's my rant about Google Reds. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. I hope some of those tips help uh, you to hopefully save some spend and, and to increase the effectiveness of your ads accounts. Um, but yeah, if you have any search advertising tactics or experiences or horror stories or common mistakes you've come across that you'd like to share with us, feel free to shoot us an email. You can email us at thecrux at climbmarketing.com. Uh, and there's always a chance that we're going to feature your question or comment on a future episode. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to the Crux Podcast on your favorite platform. Or you can leave us a review to let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can also follow us at Climb Marketing on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And we always post our latest episodes there. So thanks for listening to the Crux. Until next time. Sorry for my little rant there at the end.